You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Moultrie Mobile. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up to the minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first of its kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Come on, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> 
Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Truth, Circle Points Edition. And as always, I am joined by Mr. Jed Finley. Jed, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great, Josh. How are you doing? I am pretty tired, not going to lie. Yeah. You've had a long few days. It has been a long few days, but it's been a few good days. Yeah. But we got a lot. We got a lot to get to. We do have a lot to cover on this episode. But first... Let's see. I'm trying to think of where we want to go and start this. I think we need to start with the big news. First. I, I think what we should do is give a shout out to Ben Bolden yes. about last night taking a youth cast at the Bear Creek Classic. That was pretty pretty amazing for a guy to step up that's been hunting all week. You know, has a chance to win some pretty good money last night and sits out and takes a youth cast out, yep. you know, and judges and guides it. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, that's a good place to start. Because the big news is, to me, Jace's cast win last night with Hazel. Yeah. And part of the reason that Jace was able to go out there and compete against... And I told him whenever we left, I said, you know, he can he can fight it out with the big guys. But Jace is just 11 years old. Yeah. You know, he's he's not there yet. You know, he's not to where, even physically, where he can keep up with guys. And I was worried about him drawing someone that like an Elijah Ward or a Matt Barnes or one of them guys that are getting ready to win the Bear Creek if everything falls their way. And, you know, they're they're competing and trying to be good. And here's this 11-year-old kid back there packing old Hazel. And, you know, Hazel, it's not Hazel's fault that she's got an 11-year-old hunting her, you know. <laughs> That's but, right. So I was a little worried about it. But he was there ready to compete with the grown-ups. And Ben, man, kudos to Ben for yep. getting that cast together. He had a couple 16-year-olds and I think a 12 or 13-year-old with him. And, uh, you know, Ben done it all. He judged it. He guided it. He walked with them dogs. He helped them kids. And Jace was Jason, old Hazel, old country dog. Yeah. Come out with a cast win. Yeah. That's and, man, right. he was, he float. Here's how I knew he won, Finley. Because I go up and I don't go with him. You know, even when he started out when he was eight, nine years old, I'd have you go with him or somebody else because it makes him nervous when his dad's around. Yeah. And it makes me frustrated when <laughs> I've got this dog that is good or something and it's over there treed by itself and he's over there breaking sticks, ain't paying no attention. He don't know what he don't even know if that's his dog or not. You yeah. know, so I get frustrated too. So I just I think it's a good idea for the parents to step back in yeah. those casts. I don't think the parents uh should walk along unless they have to, you know, to help a kid or something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, you know, here's a little tip too. We're gonna we're gonna go out on a pro tip. If you're a parent and you've got a youth hunter and you're in that cast with him and you're trying to, or her, and you're trying to help that kid, keep your mouth shut. Yep. Keep your freaking mouth shut. Yep. <laughs> you're not, you're a spectator on that cast. That's right. Let that kid enjoy itself 
and let him or her make the calls, handle the dog to the best of its ability. You know, there's going to be times where you need to help a kid up a bank, of course, or you're going to help a kid put a dog on the leash or something like that, you know, but keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Them judges aren't out there trying to do anything <laughs> to your kid. Well, and the other thing is, let the kid learn. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not out there learning, what's the point of even having the youth hunts? Yep. You know, and that, you know, that's one of the reasons we don't have an entry fee at, you know, ours is because, you know, it's about the kid going out there and learning how to hunt. Yep. And call their own dog and, you know, do everything without somebody telling them how to do it. And I think, you know, when you sit in the truck and Jace goes by himself, yep. he's having to listen to that dog. He ain't relying on anybody but himself. And, you know, last night, and I text you, of course, and I'm a nervous wreck when Jace goes to these hunts. I want him to win more than I've wanted to win a cast in my life. I really yep. am. And so a lot of it's, I don't want to be out there and get frustrated at him and make it a bad time for him or know that he made a bad call because I can hear everything that's going on and stuff. So that's one of the reasons I sat in the truck. But Ben, he sent me a text last night. And he said, hey, he goes, dog's looking pretty good, but this kid's about to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> then I texted him back. I said, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll discuss that when he gets in there, and I'll say, you know, that's part of your the learning curve because we've all yeah. gave casts away. Especially, we do it still when we're older. But oh, when yeah. you when you're young, you don't you're going to give some casts away. But he uh, had treated coon by himself out of the truck for 175, and this is what I'm getting from Ben when the cast is over. And, uh, she went and covered a den, I think, and then she gets by herself again and gets treated. And he said she just sits over there in trees. And Jay struck her for a quarter because there wasn't no the strike wasn't back open yet. And Jay strikes her for a quarter, and Hazel's over there just hammered down, and he never trees her. <laughs> never does tree her. Finally, he said that she'd been there for four, five, six minutes. Another dog comes in and covers him, and uh, that dog gets treed in for 100, and Jay still never trees it. Ben says, I stopped and said, 10 seconds left, or 20 seconds left, 10 seconds left, because I'm looking right at him. He just sat there. <laughs> so went in there. She had a coon and took a quarter minus on it, but she went and treated another coon at the end of the cast and got him a cast win. So it didn't really matter. And four fifty wouldn't have got him in the final four right. anyway. So, but yeah, it was that's part of it. Them kids yeah. got to learn. We now that was a hundred and ten dollar entry fee last night, I think. Yep. And we got our lessons like ten dollars at a time. Ten fifteen. Fifteen dollars at a time. Yep. Sometimes a thirty dollar hunt if it got wild. So. Yeah, I'm glad he won because wild. the hundred dollar lessons are a little harder to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fact. But yeah, kudos to Ben, man. That was just awesome of him. Yeah, he, he didn't have to do that. Yep. You know, he didn't have to go out of his way and line that cast up and make it to where Jace could compete against kids closer to his age and not the grown ups and stuff. So, yep. Man, we really thank him. Uh, and it's a great hunt, Bear Creek. They do a good job. The whole gang over there. It's a fantastic open event. And I'm just really happy that, that we were able to go over there and attend and that Jace was able to succeed and have a good time. He's still floating on air. Yes. Yeah, he, yes, he, he showed is. up today. He actually brought his windslip with him. He still got his windslip. <laughs> he stops and looks at it about every 10 minutes, you know. And I think part of it was it was a bigger event. Yeah. That's the first other bigger event he'd been other yep. than the Trader Inc. Youth Hunt or the Youth World Hunt. And the fact that, you know, it was with Hazel. Yes. Because he loves that dog. Yeah. And yeah. we bought him. Butter yep, for him. Yep, that's right. And he's kind of spoiled. He's a little more spoiled than we was at that age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go down to Arkansas and we buy a hazel off Mr. Aaron Crow. And, you know, we buy him pretty good dog. She's got some holes, but she's yeah. a pretty good little dog. Yeah. And we just turn him loose with her and he goes to win in a second cast with her. And, yep. you know, he got a W, so that's good. He's qualified yep. for the youth world. Uh, he's ready to roll. He's excited. So, 
But yeah. the the other thing is, I mean, with Bear Creek, they've always been good with the youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a Bear Creek youth champion yep. at the end of the week. Um, congratulations, yep. to Elijah yep. Ward, Shout for winning out to that. Elijah, good job, Elijah. Um, we, I mean, I only got to go over the one night. Uh, been really busy and trying to get dogs ready for nationals and. Mm-hmm. And just didn't get a lot of time to go over there. So we got over there one night, and I always like to go over and support them because they do a great job yep. with that hunt. Eldon and Jeff Jackson and Ben and the whole crew over there does a great job. Yep, it is a great hunt, and, man, they got coons. Yes, they do. They got a what did few it take? Two, 475 didn't even get in last night. Uh, correct. And they got a few too many coons for our dogs. Yes. Ours are – you kind of want a dog – they got to be kind of like Hazel where they're just yep. going to treat coons as they come to them. Yep. And – independent but not you know wild try to get away from things yeah. they got to get struck they got to that's get what struck. kills us is we don't and hazel gets struck ours don't yep uh scent will on occasion you know but rain she's a terrible strike dog yeah but that's also rain can treat a lot of coons in that country too oh yeah she can treat them fast over there but yeah when you're trying to get in a final four and it was all hour and a half cast last night wasn't it yes so 475 did not get in they had 60-some dogs. 62 dogs. 16 casts, I think, is what they yep. said they had. And it took 500, or I think it took 525. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just know uh, the one cast was at 475. Jo- Josie was on the very right of the picture, and yep. he had five and a quarter. Well, then that would have been the bubble dog. Yeah. So 525, Jeremy, my brother, got in with Josie last night with yep. 525 on four coons. He I, said he treated. He got in two nights over there. Yeah, the he? only two nights he went over, I think. Yeah. I think he only went two nights. So, yeah, it takes a dog's got to want to treat a lot of coons quick. That's right. And a dog can't, has got to ignore everything that goes on around them because you're going to have dog, when you're treating coons that quick, you're going to have dogs close to you. Oh, absolutely. They just are. Yes. You know, when there's a coon that, there's that many coons, you're just going to have dogs close to you and the dog can't react yeah. poorly to that because it's going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. So Hazel went and covered a tree last night and she don't cover much. Yeah. You know, we've hunted her quite a bit and she don't cover much, but hey, part of it. She did what she needed to do, and that's all that matters. That's right. And Jace got a CW, so yeah, that's all that matters. that's right. So we get down to Bear Creek, got nationals coming up. <laughs> yep. While we're on the youth subject, though, I want to talk about uh, congratulations to PKC and Joy for working out mm-hmm. the deal to where my employer and a sponsor of this podcast, Joy Dog Food, is now a co-sponsor of the PKC Youth. Yes. And... That's huge. Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you. It makes me very proud as an employee. Uh, it's something I encouraged, of course, you know, because it's, it's a big part of what we do. And thanks to Wade for stepping up. Uh, thanks to everybody that works for Joy, Chip, Ryan, uh, Ray Lynn, Sammy, everybody in the office, Skyler, you know, they, they really put their minds together and, and we figured this out. And Roger Dale, now I, I have a, I have a, uh, I have an inkling we may say some things that that might be slightly ill towards Roger Dale at the end of this podcast. So I'm going to give you some credit right now. Roger Dale worked very hard on this deal. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. And con- thank you very much to, to RD for getting this done. Because, you know, it's it's a trickier situation people understand. Yes, it Prina is. Prina is also a sponsor. Yep. And so to have two dog food sponsors is kind of tricky, and we had to work out a lot of contract stuff and everything like that. So thanks to Prina for working with us on that yep uh thanks to roger dale for kind of mediating between you know us and prina and all that stuff and making it work because we just want to help you know yep. joy just wants to help and i'm super proud of the company and they're going to be a big fixture in the youth like they have been you yep. know when you think of what joy did for the youth years ago and the fact that wade 
bought the brand, brought it back, and went yep. back to our roots and what we do and yes. supporting houndsmen. Because what people don't understand about Wade is everybody knows that back in the day he coon hunted yep. and he had good dogs and he and he you know he made the finals of the hunt, world hunt, and stuff like that. But Wade still loves coon dogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I put a video on the internet of of Sun or something treat and Wade Wade's texting me right there. What dog's that? What's he like? Good mouth? What's he out of? And he's, you know, he'll be telling me he's on a nice spring evening or something. You know, he's, man, it won't be long. I bet you Wade has another dog here pretty quick. There wouldn't be nothing wrong with that. No, no. We need to get him back in the game. But, no, Wade's Wade's a coon hunter at heart, and he loves coon hunters, and he loves the sport. And, like I said, thank you to Joy. Thank you for PKC for working this out. And I think there's a lot of good things in store for for the partnership. I think it's going to be huge for the youth. Um, And it's going to be huge for PKC, too. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, they are getting a great deal. Yep. Um, another sponsor, which helps them out. You know, and we've complained about that in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to go out and get them, and they did here. Yep. So that's good. Yep. And uh, big shout out to Joy for stepping up to the plate. I mean, that's that's a big commitment. Yep. Nope. So, yeah, those are our two major announcements. Yes. And, of course, Jason Hazel come first, and then yeah. Joy Dog Food sponsor of the youth is second. But. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog tree dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top-of-the-industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. We got a lot of hunts coming up. Yes, we do. Nationals, you're getting dogs ready for nationals. Yep, we Been got all kinds of stuff to do. Very busy doing that. Yeah, let's 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 backtrack a little bit and let's actually do some circle point stuff. Okay, so I'm all about it. We've just got done. Did you listen to the last? So sometimes we do this, and you haven't even listened to them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but a busy I know, man. Josh. I know. I know you listened to the one with me and Shorty. Yes. And did you listen to the one with me and Chris about the multi-purpose dogs? No, I listened to the one. <laughs> The next one after that was uh, just listen the Croson the Croson one. Yeah, that was before that. You so you listen to Croson. Yeah, let's I'm, I'm about, to Croson. I ain't, I haven't got any further. In let's, let's talk about Croson. What'd you think of that episode? I thought it was an excellent episode. I did not realize he'd been in the finals of Super Stakes so many times either. I and knew I, he'd won it twice, but I, I didn't got know he'd a, been in the finals. He's anyways. also in the final. I had a two time World Hunt finalist, but he was in it three times. Yeah, he's been he's been in the yeah. finals. Yeah, because he won it with D. Yep. He got in the fi- I forgot about the finals he had with D in eighteen. Yeah, he got. Yeah, I, yeah. That's right, because he or fourteen. He won it. When did he win it? Eighteen. I can't remember. I don't. Either way, he got in the finals twice with D. I think yep. and that blue tech female. Yep, and Hemi. Yes, and he yep. got fourth with Hemi. Yep, and then uh, five times in the finals of Super Stakes. Pretty impressive. That is impressive. But I had. 
and me and you have both known Ryan for a long time. Long time. We've drawn him. We've competed against him. We've probably argued with him in a cast a time or two. Maybe a time or two. And uh, But Ryan is one of the most liked people in the sport. Mm-hmm. And to hear his background and where he come from and stuff, I just thought it was crazy. And me and you are kind of – it's different for us because – we've been around it so much and yeah. we don't see it from the outside. We only see it from the inside. So Ryan's just Ryan to us. Yeah. But when he starts talking about all the dogs that have passed through his mm-hmm. hands that ended up being big winners, it's It's amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of them. You know, you think of Hoochie Mama and all the death wish dogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was Jesse Jane. Yeah. There's a um, bunch of them. Yeah. And so I thought that episode and Ryan had a, first of all, Ryan has a great radio voice too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. That was good. Surprisingly, he is yeah. like, he's, just like a regular commentator. That's right. And we've kind of been doing, and this is another thing I want to touch on you in this podcast too, or touch on with you. I don't want to touch on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want to put the with Stay in on there. your side of the yeah. bar, Josh. <laughs> That's right. I'm still, we're at Trader Inc. World Headquarters at the bar, so I don't know. I'm only one drink in. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, we've we kind of got a training deal going on the last yep. few episodes, you know, and so we've touched on multi-purpose dogs. Uh, we've talked about big game dogs with Shorty. What'd you think of that episode with Shorty? Do you think very that, good? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the man has a will to have a good dog and that to me, that's what drew me into that one. And, you know, hearing how he started his dogs and, you know, all that stuff. I thought that was really interesting, you know, and, uh, the best thing I thought about was he's kind of the same mentality as we are mm-hmm. in a way about, you know, when they take off and go start running something, you know, and then their dog tired, you know, and they keep at it. You yeah. Know? There's a lot of similarities. There is. There, there is, is a lot, a lot of similarities. Now, there are some key differences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but they're, they're, but, and we'll talk about that But they're hunting later a different on. type of game. They are. Too. They are. And we'll talk about that a little later on. But yeah, Shorty, you can tell, you know... And I think that's why some people succeed in, you know, the multi or the the social media part of this and the media part of this that are houndsmen and good houndsmen is because we can tell. Yeah. You know, you can tell when someone legit knows what a dog should do and legit knows what they're looking for and is a really dedicated houndsman. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't care if someone's dedicated or, or they hunt once a year. Right. I don't care if they hunt at all. If they got a dog, an old hound that sleeps on the couch and they're worried about, you know, just typical health stuff, I don't care. I mean, that's yeah. great. As long as you support the sport, we don't care how hard you hunt. Yep. But you can tell when someone, you know, walks the walk, right. I guess you could say. Yep. And Shorty is one of those guys. Absolutely. You know, and you hear guys like that sometimes that you can just tell, um, a houndsman, a houndsman can spot. My daughter is sitting here looking. She's, she's, I worry about her. I, I feel like I'm going to have to support her all her life. She was in here looking in the door with her. Anyway, <laughs> but a houndsman that walks the walk, we can see it. Yes. You know, you can recognize that from a mile away and we can tell. And like I said, Shorty's one of those guys. Yep. And so I'll fill you in on the uh, Chris Powell episode. Chris has dogs that he hunts on everything. Yep. He's got big game dogs. Yep, big and game dogs, and they're, they're, and they're the same dog. And yep. so we talked about some of the differences there, too. So those are the three episodes we're kind of recapping. But I also want to hear how is the preparation? Nationals is coming up. Yes. And we've talked about nationals on the podcast before. 
And I want to know how the preparation is going with the two females you're taking out there. Well, I've went back to my old roots of hunting. Um, of course, I hunt a lot by myself anyway. Uh, I wonder why, Jed. Because <clears throat> I like things done a certain way when I'm hunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the biggest thing is trying to get these dogs ready. I went back, kind of back to the way I started getting dogs ready a long time ago, where I, you know, hunt a lot of hours and uh, and then put dogs up and then get them back out. And, you know, I kind of got away from that. Um, I'd say a lot of it was laziness and time. I think the shock litter spoiled me made us lazy oh yeah it spoiled us because we had four of them five of them and then rain come in behind them too as well and so you could just take whatever dog was hot you could take ralph you could take bones you could take shock you could take scent you could take whichever one whichever one that was looking good yeah and you could hunt them for a couple weeks weeks, going into the hunt put them back up yeah switch out. out yeah yeah and uh so it's i i've my changed my whole style of hunting again, um, back to way I used to hunt trader all the time. And, um, kind of basically the way I used to hunt shock and Ralph and bones, you know, as they were growing up, you know, getting them ready for hunts and going to try, trying something a little bit different. we'll see if it, uh, if my old ways work out with this new, having the leash locked back, you know, See, but we'll we'll get into it. We'll get we'll, don't we'll don't see. start with the leash lock yet. That's we'll, gonna be at the we'll end of this if, episode. We'll see if it uh, pans out. You know, Nationals is it's near and dear to me because I mean, obviously, I want it with Trader, but I would love to win it with a pup out of him. Yeah, I mean, that would be the ultimate goal. You know, to win it with the daddy, win it with you know a pup out of him. That would be absolutely pretty cool. Nationals is, and I've said this before, probably the hardest hunt. On the planet to win. Yeah, there's no junk there. Everything's a winner. Yes. To be at nationals, you have to qualify and win. You got to win a lot of casts. Absolutely. Or you got to be a gold champion. Yep. So you have at least $10,000 won, or you're not even allowed to be there. Right. And so you're not drawing any junk. Nope. You know, you figure pretty much every cast at nationals is going to be about the same as a cast at a high-end pro classic. Well, I mean, just for example... You can have a cast at nationals like the one year. Well, the year I hunted Trader in it, Trader had the least amount of money won in that cast. Um, in the semifinals, I had thousand dollar bill, which was a world yep. champion. Um, I had Chick that Tracy Thompson mm-hmm. was hunting, she just got off a truck win, yeah. And then, um, Jake, which he just won the Walker Breed race, and that that's was a good dog, yes. And that was no easy. You're talking about Parsley's Jake, yeah, yes. Parsley's Jake, yeah. And I mean, you draw dogs like that, and then you know. Another round, I had Jesse Jane. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, there's no easy cast at Nationals. You're going to draw world champions. You're going to draw national champions. And these dogs that, that ran around the state and won $1,000 in a month, you know, or won $1,000, you know, a lot of them will just win it quick. Yeah. And then they'll get they'll get their Nationals ticket, and then they'll focus on, you know, getting ready for Nationals. When you talk about how Jason Darty when he got second at Nationals one year mm-hmm. and then won at the next – you know, that was when Nationals was in June or July, or it was hot. Yeah, it was yeah. Hot. and he said he started, when he got home with X, he started working for 360-some days or yeah. whatever days later, you know, just to get ready to win. He wanted to win Nationals. Yeah. And you, you're you drawing guys like that. Yeah. That, you know, Nationals ain't something where you're just like, well, you know, I'll get them, 
It's something that's in the back of these handlers' minds the whole time. Right. And, you know, so everybody's gearing towards winning nationals, and it's probably the hardest. I mean, like I said, it's the freaking hardest hunt in the world to win. There's no, there's no easy cast. Yeah. Although, although, when you won it with Trader, you had one pretty easy cast. Yeah, that's when I drew cards. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, there's a storm rolling in, and uh, I got lucky. Mark Hall was in the cast. I mean, you know, and that's another one. Yep. Good female. Yep. Um, finalist world hunt, truck hunts, won a truck, you know. And we were all sitting there, and no big old storm rolling in. And I said, hey, boys, what do you think about drawing cards? <laughs> they said, uh, well, I don't know. And boy, when that lightning and thunder and wind came up and it started raining sideways. It was a bad storm. It was bad. They had tornadoes around yeah. and everything. And everybody's like, yeah, we'll we'll draw cards. And I ended up getting in, you know, drawing cards got in the late round that night. And that night I actually got beat, but it gave him a, mm-hmm. uh, some rest. Yep. And then that uh, that late round, Homer won. Yep. Um, Eric Bite was hunting Homer, and he went out there and beat us. And like that cast, I had Jesse Jane, Billy Bell. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was, every cast out there is a good dog. Yeah. But, yes, that was very fortunate and lucky because I got him a, a little bit of rest. That was you know, like my, uh, my $4,000 coin flip with Kurt. Yeah, that is, that's right. <laughs> Kurt's still sour over that. I brought it up yesterday when I seen him. (laughs) So you're getting sent and rain ready for nationals. Those are the two. You're taking shock too. I'm taking shock. I've been hunting the old boy, even though he's he's burned up and everything else. I've been doing a little work on him. Yeah. Yeah. We need to stop working on shock. I'm telling you, he's looking good. When you talk about getting those dogs ready, I remember back in the day, because I had Dud's dollar, you had Traeger. Mm Mm-hmm. And you had Bella then, but we didn't hunt very many females then. No. We no. weren't stuck with them like we are now. No. And I think we're, I'm kind of changing my mind. I think you are too a little bit about it. But uh, people don't realize how hard, like the year you won nationals and the year Trader, and the, all them years that Trader advanced late into the world hunt, mm-hmm. people didn't realize how hard you hunted that dog. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, we hunted, and it wasn't just five, oh, I hunt five or six nights a week. Yeah, we hunted five or six nights a week. Yeah. But we also hunted until daylight. We also hunted late into the yep. night, and you had one dog. Yeah. And sometimes I think we were hunting too hard. Oh yeah, I do. I do believe that I hunted yeah. over hunted the dog. Yeah. And I remember them. Remember that night that he got mad at you. I mean, Trader just plumb got mad at Jed. I mean, mad. And he'd had enough of Jed's bullshit, and yep. and we kept cutting him. And he was he would tree a slick about every seventy five yards, and he would turn around and look at you when you walked into that tree, and he would bite you anytime you got anywhere near. Yeah, I mean, and Jed just kept cutting him and kept cutting him and kept cutting him, and he'd get bit and get cut, and he'd be. I mean, these these two fought around, and he finally went and treed a great big maple den. Yeah, and I don't know if it was had a coon or if it just happened to be a den tree because that's where he decided he was going to bite you at next. And yeah. you went in there and you pet him up. Yeah. He said, that well, nothing else is working. He goes, I think it's slick, but we'll just pet him. It was a great big maple then. And the next night he was fine. He yeah. got over it. He went to tree and coons again, and you advanced pretty. What would you get in top six that year? 12 or something yeah. in the world, huh? The tw- uh, we got to the final one cast away from being in the yeah. finals. Yeah, I remember you were just thinking, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. This dog's looking like this. And I said, Jed, I'll tell you what. I said, you take Trader out there, and you line him up to three strange dogs eight hours from the house, and that's when he shined. Yeah. And he, he did. Yeah. And he, he went out there, and he looked He good. liked pleasure hunting, but yeah. I think he got sick of it the older he got, just the standpoint, because he was getting pleasure hunted all the time. Yeah, and I think we just, because 
when we were pleasure hunting, we were working. Oh yeah. You know, he was getting work in yep. no matter all the time. I remember duds and dollar and trader, which I, I was able to kind of rotate dogs. Yeah. But you didn't, you just had yep. trader. And some guys do that. Like Ryan impressed me about how he does that. Yeah. You know, cause those dogs, but Ryan is good about getting, he's a great talent scout. Yes. You know, he's good about getting his kind of dog that he knows, you know, I can hunt it this many nights. I can do this with it. I can do that with it. It seems like Ryan's really good at finding those right females. Right. And cause he's got one dog. Mm-hmm. He's got Laura Lee. She lays in the house and that's what he hunts. Yep. You know, and we're not like that. No. I just came back from your kennels when I dropped your trailer off. We don't have one dog. No, <laughs> nope. Um, well, I think that was my biggest thing. Like when I was hunting trader and stuff is I realized I needed another dog. Yeah. Because I can't, when I go to hunting hard, I focus on, you know, one dog, that dog's going to be gutted by the time I get yeah. to a hunt. Um, and trader could take it. That was the difference. They trader could. <clears throat> and some of these, there's been pups out of trader that could take it for times. Yeah. You know, but they just, and it was a combination of how hard you pleasure hunted and then how much they went to hunts. Yeah. You know, I think and, that combination just wasn't good for them. I did read something on UKC today that kind of made me interested. Uh, they said, uh, is it these guys training on these dogs? You know, they're saying their dogs are getting burnt out or, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, yada. I think it was, it might've been kind of pointed towards what we talk about a lot. Yeah. And, uh, it, it has nothing to do with the training aspect. A lot of times it's these dogs do not like other dogs on trees with them. No, they don't. And when they start getting, but some of that is because of training, right? But because we, we don't encourage it and they know it's wrong. But the thing is, how often do you and I go out and we have a dog on the same tree? The, not very often. I mean, if you really look at our hunts, yeah, we don't, we don't do a lot of, they're beating on if they, if they get a whooping, yeah, it's because of slick treat or something like that. Yep. And honestly, we've got to the point where we don't, I don't use, I don't use any electronics. No, you never have. I never have. You never it's, have they used. always know that it's me no. that's correcting them no. for it. And to me, I think a lot of it is these, our male dogs get sick of being in cast where dogs come and cover them because they like to naturally yeah. be by themselves. Let's, uh, we're going to get into that. Let's talk about the training stuff right now because you touch on a point about our male dogs and how they like to be by themselves and how we encourage that all their life. But say we take con when I had him and you take scent and shock mm-hmm. and, or rain or one of them females and you turn them loose. Our shock, shock and con will now every now and then shock will go to scent or con will go to scent or scent will go to one of them males, but that's pretty rare. Yes. You're they're They're on the same track, you yeah. know, and they just tree together and you'll never have an issue, but you'll never see shock and con on the same tree. Absolutely not. Never. We, we hunted dollar and trader for, they made one tree together, one tree together. You get still yep. got the picture, yep. but I bet they were cut loose in a two-year span, I would say. 250, 300 times yeah. together. And one tree, one. And, and it, that was amazing. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, let's talk about Duds and Trader. Yes. Now, those are two dogs that got hunted together a ton, too. Yep. I mean a ton. And they were never together. No. Nope. You never see them together. Until and one One, one night. fateful night. And this goes back to... 
how we reward dogs and how smart they are and how they remember things. Yep. And how it only takes once. Yep. Sometimes it's a detriment. Sometimes it's a positive. But it only takes once. We cut Trader. That was that night Trader was on fire. Yeah, he treated... Trader treated seven, eight singles. Dollar ran through the world, never treated Coon and all. He treated one, I guess. But anyway... We'd cut, we'd cut Dollar and Trader. Trader would treat a bunch of coons. Dollar's still running. So I said, well, let's drive over here and we'll cut Trader and Duds. And so we cut them. Trader goes in, what, 7,500 yards? And I mean, just dies on this tree like he's looking at it. And he was, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he's just blows up. You know, just, just explodes in front of us, which Trader would do sometimes, especially pleasure hunting. But yeah. that's not common occurrence. Right. Well, about the time he gets treed, Dud strikes uh, past him and a little right-handed of him. And I mean, Dud's is running this track like he's tied to it. Oh, yeah. You can hear the footsteps yes. in his voice. And he wheels around, and he makes a horseshoe, and he comes into the trader. Well, what happened was trader had just treed this coon that Dud's had struck. Yeah. Same coon. Well, Dud's loads up on this tree with trader and realizes that he's with another dog, scoots over a tree. Yep. You know, he moves over. He's like, I don't know how this big white <laughs> calico joker got here before I did, but he trails this coon to this tree. We know this is what happened. I mean, it was pretty, it was, it was, it was very obvious. And so, now Duds was the dog when he was young. He was, what, a two-year-old, three-year-old yep. then. Trader was a year older. And uh, Duds was the kind of dog that he needed coons. Mm -hmm. You really want, because he didn't make many trees back no, then. No, when he was young, he didn't he make did many trees He did not make very many trees. And when you, he treated a coon, you gave it to him. Yep. And so, Jed, we get in there and we knew what happened. Here's Duds had slid over a tree because he's he knows he ain't supposed to. He don't like being with dogs anyway. He was kind yep. of a natural loner too. And Jed goes, what do you want to do here? I said, oh, let's just give it to him. I said, let's just let Trader chew on it, throw it to Duds, because I'm afraid he won't make another tree tonight. And that freaking Duds covered Trader for the rest. He wouldn't cover nothing hardly yep. until he was older, yep. but covered Trader the rest of his life. And Trader yep. got to where treeing with Duds wasn't no big deal either. Yep. I seen Trader go and cover yep. Duds a few times, which yep. was super rare. They loved each other. They did love each other. They were best buddies, yeah. unless it was a coon on the ground. Yeah, yeah that they, is, then they, yeah. Trader, Duds was Duds even fight over a coon on the ground. He wasn't fighting with Trader. Yeah. Trader weighed ninety pounds. Does like, well, I ain't an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, and that was just once. Yep, it just took once. Yep. and they were just attached at the hip from yep. then on. Those are the only two dogs we've ever had that treated together consistently. Yeah. You could turn Trader and Dollar or Trader and Duds loose all night long and never walk to split trees. Sometimes, yep. yep. It would have to be a just a scolding hot track, and they weren't there. Yeah. you know, together or something yep. like that. So, and we never even we never worked on Duds for it though. No, because you couldn't work on Duds because he was a big pouting retard. Yeah, but I mean, he was an idiot. We just let him. You know, we let always let. Duds. Well, you had you didn't have no choice. Yeah. But that's it. Was either you let him be Duds or you drug him out from underneath the truck. And that is true. yeah, that was it. That was your only two choices because yep. you couldn't ever lay a hand on him. You couldn't, you couldn't even look at him cross-eyed. <laughs> That's right. Let's not even get on to that. Oh man, he wears me out. He still wears me out. He's 11 years old. He sleeps in the house. And here's a, I let him and Bogan out the other day. They're in their crates. It's early morning. I wake up, let them out. They're running around the yard and they're playing. They're doing whatever they do, you know, and here comes Duds. Now Duds has been in this crate for his, his last two years, he slept on the same bed in the same crate in the same spot, you know, other than when I moved. But it's the same bed and same crate. He's been in there for, you know, eight months. Yeah. 
He goes and he just gets in Bogan's crate. And then while you yell at him to come out, he's like, what? He don't even, he, can't, he don't even know where he's at. Eight months, he's done the same thing every day, and this hey, dog don't know where he's at. He's just wanting to switch things up on you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, he's switched up enough stuff in his life. <laughs> but anyway, but that's just an example of how smart even duds being an idiot. I mean, that registered like that. Yep. Reward will register with a dog, in my feelings, a reward will register with a dog a hundred times greater than than a punishment. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong, we, we correct our dogs for things and we do things, but reward is where we get most of what our training is. Oh, absolutely. You know, you look at, like, say rain. Say you're getting rain ready for nationals and you're just hunting her scent and shock. You know, she's with kennel mates and that's different. You mm-hmm. know, when they're hunting with kennel mates, it's different. How are, say you're rewarding a dog with a coon, which is how we usually reward dogs. We don't pet them up at trees very much or get crazy. Sometimes we I, will. It depends I, on the dog. I've started getting back to that. Yeah. Though. I know you used to do it with Trader just because you'd get him all fired up and shock. Shock yep. is fun to pet up at a tree. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're rewarding dogs for things, but like we don't do it all the time. No. You know, they have to do everything pretty perfect. Yeah. You know, before you like reward if they're, them. If they hit an old bad track and work it in there and get treat on it, you know, I, I don't like rewarding a dog for that yeah. right now because you know, our coons are moving. Right now, our coons are moving really good. So my perspective is you got to move around better. You know, in these hunts, you got to move around really good mm-hmm. to get as many coons treat as possible. So therefore, right now, this time of year, I don't reward them for an old nasty track that they pick up and, you know, work in their 900 to a half. I mean, they need to be hunting these edges, you know, where these coons are out in these fields feeding. The sows are getting ready to get late, you know, start going up with kits, and they're putting on a little extra weight right now. So, I mean, hunting these fields, you know, the dogs don't need to be in the big timber. They need to be figure out they need to be on the edges. And I think repetition may, helps with that. Um, but giving them a reward on coons where they're treating them in the right spots. Them dogs remember where them coons, where they've been treating coons, and in my belief, because you can take scent, for example, and if you if she trees one on the edge and then goes in the timber and you don't give her that coon that she's in the timber with, mm-hmm. she's going right back that edge and she won't get in the timber the rest of the night. Because scent's the kind of dog that will we'll put her, she'll straddle a track and run yep. until she trees it. Yep. I mean, she's not like a, a she, she can. Yeah. I mean, but we don't want her to. Yeah, we want her to be straight ambush because yeah. that's where she's at her yep. best. Because she's a pretty decent strike dog, mm-hmm. unlike Rain. Yep. Uh, so you want to reward her for the right coon. Yep. And the and then Rain, I mean, if when I'm rotating them throughout the night, when, you know, you figure out when them coons are moving, where they're moving at, you know, and then what kind of coons they should be training at that time of night anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where I'll be sitting there and be hunting scent for an hour and a half where I make one or two trees is all. Then I'll pull rain out and hunt her basically in the same area and she'll tree four or five because they're rain style lacoons. Mm-hmm. They're laid up, they've been up, you know, and she can pick that track apart a little bit better, you know, and that's what I want her doing is, you know, going through there with her nose up in the air and getting it done. When you talk about strengths, I've talked about strengths and weaknesses before. Uh, sense strengths are... She's going to treat you two or three coons, and she's not going to make any mistakes. Yep. Where rain will take some chances. Yep. Uh, she don't. It ain't like she trees a bunch of slicks. She's a real accurate dog. Yeah. But when you're laying coons up, you're going to treat some dens. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to tree, you're going to have some circle points over here, and you're going to miss on occasion. You don't miss very often, but you're going to miss on occasion too. Where oh, scent, absolutely. Scent's, scent's not going to draw much minus. No. Very rarely does scent draw any minus. So, you know, it's kind of six and one half and the other, the other. And that's why in these pro classics, we only take them to certain places. Correct. You know, we're, we'll, we'll go down here where scent's good and we'll hunt scent, or we'll go over here where rain's good and we'll yep. hunt rain. Yep. Because, I mean, they asked me, I think on that other podcast, they asked me, you know, what's your, what, what, what are you looking for in a dog? And I always said, well, I just want a dog to use its abilities the best they can. Yes. And we have to recognize as handlers what these dogs' abilities are. Right. Now, Trader, let, let's talk about Trader, for instance. Now, Trader, you, Trader could treat a fire out of coons sometimes. Mm-hmm. Trader would just go on a streak where he'd rack up four or five coons an hour, yep. you know, and he would just be popping them like squirrels. Nobody's seen that when he was hunting in a hunt. No, because he wanted to be away from the dog. Yes. And so, you know, there's there's a prime example. We were down in Texas one night and uh, Trader sat in. We cut loose. All the dogs ran out of there running some hogs and stuff. He he treated a coon 100 yards from us and he didn't move from that spot for over seven minutes until them dogs got out of hearing. Then he located and started training. Mm -hmm. I mean, he that was just his style. He didn't want, he he wasn't a very sociable dog towards people anyway. You know, so, Tell, other tell him about the time that he lost it in the motel room. I got to go up here and get me another drink. I oh. want to hear the story about it. Now, people who don't know Trader, Trader was, what, 90 pounds? Yeah, 88 pounds in good hunting shape. Yeah, and that's when he was in good hunting shape. Yeah. Lay him up for a little bit, he's 95 pounds. Yeah. And so, and tall, like a freaking Great Dane. Yeah. Blue-eyed, all white, crazy yeah. looking. And dog could probably do some damage if he was mad. So yeah. tell him about the time in the motel that Trader... Trader lost his shit. <laughs> well, I we're uh, I was laid up in the hotel room and I had him on the bed for some reason. Usually didn't keep him inside because he didn't like it. And he stood up, turned around, looked, and there's a mirror mirror right there, and he went absolutely crazy. And I I couldn't even get him calmed down. He, I thought he was going to bite me. Um, and of course I'm just laying in bed. Then I got you know neighbors in the hotel. They're trying to figure out what's going on in there because we got chaos i mean the dog is going absolutely ballistic looking at his reflection in the mirror and i don't know if that was when he realized that he was that ugly <laughs> or there was something bigger than him out there i don't know but he 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 definitely went nuts i would have liked because trader was loud yes trader had a he he sounded loud close to him yep. he did but man you could hear that dog forever and he had a it was a kind of a baritone, deeper, mm-hmm. deeper ball mouth, you know, on the ground. And he, he had a kind of what I would call a long chop on a tree. But you could mm-hmm. hear that dog. I mean, that dog was loud. To him, have him growling and barking and fighting you in a motel. I bet inside that enclosed space, it, it was very loud. It was pretty loud. <laughs> I felt sorry for the neighbors at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, whenever it happened. But it was, it was, it was a mess. One thing I do want because I actually, I hadn't got to hear the Heath Hyatt episode about aggression and i listened to that on the way home and he was talking about aggression and i've talked about this about other people and stuff like that in tree habits with big game dogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that now you've big game hunted a lot yep. on bears and lions and stuff and those dogs have to have great tree habits oh absolutely they have to be very sociable yep. very uh you know they can't be ill in any way or mm-hmm. rough in any way and frankly we don't care about any of that no not with ours Nope. You know, um, I'm not going to say Con wasn't rough. You know, he would blow a lot. And yep. if something really wanted to stay in, Con usually would start a fight. And then if something really wanted to stay and fight, he'd just peel out and leave. Yeah. It was kind of a wuss. 
Uh, Duds had zero aggression, uh, other than over a dead coon. Yeah. Uh, anything could push on Duds. Now, Duds wouldn't leave, but he would stay. Maze was one of those kind of yeah. dogs, too, where you could push on him. But we just... Uh, like Rain Jack's tree pretty bad. Con mm-hmm. uh, blows real bad. He's pretty nippy. Uh, Dollar would fight and was really good at it. Yes, very, very, very good, good at, it. at it. Trader, you wasn't pushing Trader around either. Mm-hmm. Bella was one of the ones that was, you know, if she actually wanted to be ill, she'd done a lot of damage. That's a big female, but she would stay and she would be mm-hmm. a little rough. And you know, because they Dempsey. Dempsey's not pleasant to tree with, you know, because he jacked a tree real bad and would fight. Yeah, and know? he was, and everybody can say what they want about Dempsey, but, but that dog had talent on fighting. Yeah, he did. He could fight. Done, yeah, he'd it get it done quick. quick. But that doesn't bother us. No. Because, and I know this sounds bad for people that, that an ill dog is the end of the world, but the people we hunt against don't care either. No. If we have a dog that covers and fights, we won't have it. Oh, absolutely. No, they not. they absolutely can't go into no. a tree and fight. I mean, that is a the, as big a no-no and we will absolutely either stop that or we will quit hunting that dog. Yep. You can't have it. And but you turn loose at a $6500 entry fee hunt. Those dogs aren't together. No. They never. I mean, very rarely. I mean, all summer I think I had dogs on the same tree two or three times. Right. And so it's not a big deal for us. So we don't have to train against it. We don't Tree habits are not a big, you know, they're not even a, a considerable factor in for dog box habits. Uh, if a dog's aggressive around food, you know, we don't care. Well, I mean, a lot of our dogs, I think, are possessive because that's theirs. Yes. You know, they they are naturally independent. Mm-hmm. They're naturally, um, everything's, you know, done by themselves. So I think that's a lot of the reason. Yeah, that I don't. We have a little if, bit if more we of so, If we socialize these dogs, and you, you take it, some of the dogs that, you know, you can turn Con loose in a big running pen with a whole litter of puppies, and he'd never throw a yep. off bar. Yep. You know, he just knows in how he's been trained and how we brought him up, and they're going to be possessive over trees. Mm-hmm. They're going to be possessive over caught game. They're going to be possessive over the dog box. Yep. You know, because they know that we don't like other dogs around them, mm-hmm. and they they just kind of key in on that and they focus on that and. Say, uh, you know, just, just getting out of the dog box and you got your dog on a leash and everything's getting ready to get turned loose and everything's sniffing butts and everything. We don't even allow that. No. You pull your dogs away, you tell them no. Yeah. You know, you're not even allowed to smell that dog or be near that dog. or That's a no-no. Yeah. And the worst thing that can happen is you fall in love with a female if we're hunting one of these males. You fall in love with a female. Right. Fall, Dollar was bad about that. Yeah. He would fall in love one night. And next thing you know, he's with this female, and my luck was the female was never any good. <laughs> and so he would go back these slicks or do something stupid, you know, yeah. and so you run into that trouble. So we always try to nip that stuff in the bud. Yeah. So aggression's, it's taught, you know, by us sometimes, but, you know, big deal. But big game hunters, I understand their point of view because they want multiple dogs on the same tree. And I've noticed big game hunting, um, you're not running into the problem with, dogs being straight up on that tree though either yeah i mean they they do more of that circle in the tree um you might have one or two that's you know up on the tree but most of them are circling that tree because they're keeping an eye on that game and see the thing is they can see it yes you know that makes a big difference so they they can focus on the prey right where ours don't ours are only focused on they don't know what i mean some of them don't know what's up there but i mean they know they think a coon's up there but they don't see it you know they can they're trained by scent only mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. Yep. 
And so their focus all is, this is mine. Uh, I'm bellied up. I'm a hard tree dog. And, you know, I'm not moving from here because yeah. I did this. And they agree, just like you said, they have something else to focus on. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I haven't seen a big game dog yet that does not watch that game. Like, because they're, they're waiting. A lot of the times, them well, lions will jump out. Yeah. If you don't have them see them, watch them jump out, you don't get on that track as fast. And then they're on down the, you know, on down the mountain or up the mountain or wherever. And I mean, they're, they're obviously going to look at it. Absolutely. I mean, 99 out of 100 trees, they're going to see it pretty clearly. Oh, yeah. You know, though, I mean, they got something to focus on besides that other stuff going on. I mean, on you get a them. big old pine or something, yeah. you know, they can lose, lose it up in there, but not very often. And so there's other things that the big game dogs do. You know, they're riding in a box together all the time. Absolutely. There'll be three on each side. We never yep. do that. Uh, if we're going to a longer hunt, you know, say we're going down the Lone Star, we'll double dogs up every and now and then. And we know who goes together and who don't. Yes. You couldn't ride uh, con and shocking and go in the same nope. box together. Nope. Uh, you keep the females on one side a lot of times because you don't want a male and a female in the same box because that's going to create a problem whenever you get down to the hunt. And so, you know, you, you kind of know your dog and know what you're doing. But them guys are stacking, you know, six, eight dogs. Absolutely. You know, they'll be four on each. they got huge dog boxes that yep. cover the whole side of the truck. They're all comfortable, and they're, they're stacking dogs in on each other. They're socialized differently. Oh, uh, the whole way up. Yeah. And it ain't, they start that as a puppy. Yep. You know, they're with the pack all the time. And so, like I told Shorty, we have to reinforce all that independence throughout their whole career. I mean, we still, Dud's just now, even when he covers now, if I hunt him the one time a year I hunt him, I still get mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of ruins our night. But as they get older, we kind of slack off on what they can do and what they're allowed to do. But... It also, one thing I try to tell people is that, that that independence and all that stuff, that's so easy to take out of them. Oh, absolutely it is. You know. Dud's prime example. Exactly. He, this was a dog, I remember when we were hunting him with Glory, when me and Ralston first started him, he never, if she, if she, because she would follow him around like crazy, and she was a quicker locating dog, and she would just treat his coon. And he'd keep right He'd just keep going. rolling on and find mm-hmm. another coon. Yep. And so, I mean, it was... He was a natural owner. Colin was a natural owner. But the minute we quit enforcing that, mm-hmm. or the minute we reward him one time like we did with Duds, it's all gone. Oh, you can bring it all right back. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to take independence out of a dog. Well, they're naturally a pack animal. Exactly. Even these, even a naturally dead loner. Like if, what would it, to say Trader's five, and you go turn a dog loose and let it get treed, and you lead him in there and shoot that coon out, Getting treated on the tree and shoot that coon out and let him have it two or three times. That's it. Yeah. He don't mind treating with nothing. No. <laughs> you know, it's not hard to take out of a dog. It's very hard to keep and it's very hard to put in a dog that doesn't have a natural tendency. Yes. And that's one of the things that we've, we've had a lot of good coon dogs. You know, and I think that's a way to, great way to put it is the natural tendency. Yeah, they're not. They're not naturally independent. No. Like we always say, it's a tendency that yeah. they have. Yeah, they have a natural you know, and you can see that when they're a baby puppy. Say you, you turn an eight, nine-month-old pup yep, loose and another old dog gets struck, and this dog's still over here, yep. you know, or it's it's leaving. It's not just attached to that dog right. at the hip. It's leaving over here, and it's leaving that dog 75, 80 yards. Yep. Or there's there's a dog that's really excited barking, and this dog's still focused on a leash over here at something he hears in the weeds. Yep. Those are natural tendencies. Yeah. Now, that dog's probably not a dead loner. You yep. know, that dog, you could probably turn it loose with three or four dogs and it runs and trees with them. That's fine. But we just encourage, they have to have, some dogs don't have that. Right. You know, some dogs, I'm trying to think, stats. 
stats, prime example, Mays was another yep, one. Yep, No natural tendencies whatsoever yep. as far as being alone. Yep. Uh, when you turned stats with a dog, he was attached to that dog from the time you cut it loose, and he was focused on what that dog was doing from the time you cut it loose till the time you put yep. it back in the dog box. Yep. And those kind of dogs we don't keep. Because and just like Stats, Stats went down to a guy that pack hunted his dogs. Yep. And he loved him. Died of old age, or I think he got hit by a car when he was like eight or nine. But he he loved that dog. I hated his guts. Yep. Because you couldn't you couldn't get him away from. And nothing. boy, he was one we wanted to keep too because oh, of his looks. Black, coal black head, yep. all black, one black leg. Yeah. And loud. He was sharp. Man, looking. he was loud. Ball mouth tree dog too, yep. but. Uh, one of those ones that he was so loud when he went to tree and he'd cover everything up around yeah. him. But I don't know. I think I've seen guys like uh, Robert who would take yep. a dog that covered, you know, as a young dog then and would just hunt them and they would get out of it when they're yep. three or four years old. We can't wait till they're three or four years mm-hmm. old. We don't have that timing. No. Super stakes, you know, they're, they're 14, 15, 16 months old at super stakes. They got to yeah. be alone by then. Yeah. And that's a pretty high bar to set. Yeah. But everybody else does it. Yes. I mean, you can go lose, you can go turn loose at sophomore super stakes and have a cast of baby puppies that are a year old and, and never, never be on make a tree, a tree together. Yeah. I mean, I we've had shootouts before in the one year old super stakes where the dogs weren't together. Baby stakes is even getting to that now. Yeah, baby stakes is getting tougher. Yeah, well, they're they're scoring three seventy five. Remember back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, if you had a dog treat one coon, yeah. Two hundred, yeah, you were you in, in. guaranteed. Baby stakes, champ. Yep. But now these dogs are putting up like three fifty, four hundred sometimes, yep. and they'll be, you know, they won't make a tree together, right? And they're young, and so we've come a long ways with that too. But there's just a lot of differences. Yes, there is. There's, I mean, there's a lot of differences in, you know, every style of hunting, and it's just it suits whoever's hunting them, and that's one thing I don't care. You and I have a different opinion on dogs every one, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. And I want one, a dog one way, you want a dog another way. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's whoever's hunting them, that's who they got to suit. We're not so we're, <laughs> we're not so politically correct about it, though, and you don't like one of mine, and I don't like one of yours. No. Jed'd be we, like, I'm like, that thing's junk. You ain't get rid of that thing. Jed'd be like, you ought to kill that piece of crap in the package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's just, we, we all have differences. Yep, we have different styles. And... What suits me doesn't necessarily suit the man down the road. Yep, and that's fine. Yeah. There ain't nothing wrong with that. If there wasn't diversity, yeah, we'd all be fighting over the same dogs to hunt. But you look at even the level that we're hunting, and these dogs are all different. You know, Ruby's not rain, and, and Croson's Laura Lee's di- You know, they're just Absolutely. different. You know, everybody hunts a different style of dog. Yep. And you hear uh, guys on Facebook saying, well, they just babble, and they're on the through the But no. I mean, we've won a lot of money with quarter strike dogs. We have mm-hmm. a lot of money with dogs that got struck. Uh, you know, dogs that tree coon still win. Absolutely. You know, and that's just all there is to it. And they think these dogs that were doing something different or special or according to rules or whatever. So, and as far as that goes, I'm going to segue. That is a segue into the rules. Yes. <laughs> so I know Jed is wanting to say something about this anyway. I know you can't help it, but. Let's preface this with a little backstory. The leash lock. Yes. We hate it. I've been we've against all, it. We've always hated forever. it. Forever. When was the first Trader Puff Hunt? Seven years ago? Yeah. And yeah. we used PKC rules. Only real other rule difference was no leash lock. No leash lock. You know, we've never been a fan of the leash lock. 
And it's not necessarily because of the style of dog we're hunting. It's because it just it doesn't make any sense to me to leave a dog on a leash when it can be turned loose. God. <laughs> the whole point of going to a coon hut <laughs> is to see what dog trees the most coons. Is it not? Yes. That yes. is what you are at a coon hunt for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why would you have something that hinders dogs from treeing the most coons? Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate through all this. Play it. Okay. There, you can one, play it all you want. The one co- of the reasons was, here's some of the reasoning. Now, agree or disagree, uh, one reason is because of hunting space and hunting area, even though back when the PKC first started, that wasn't an issue. So, But the other reason is that there, a lot of people are saying, even without the leash lock, your dogs really aren't losing or gaining any hunting time because the judge is walking back and forth and all this stuff too. And so they think it wasn't a huge difference as far as the amount of time that your dog is cut loose mm-hmm. until, you know, the, the time, the dog's time on the ground. We'll just leave it at the dog's yeah. time on the ground. They, they don't think it makes much difference. Well, they obviously have not been leash locked. <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I've led my dog over a mile multiple times. And I can promise you one thing. If I cut him loose and I have to walk a mile that way and then a mile back, and those two miles, I'll guarantee that dog's getting treated somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use Rain's Friday night cast at the World Hunt in, what, 2019? Yes. And I was on the leash for 48 minutes. Yep. And you guys were treeing coons like, like crazy. popcorn. It just takes one dog to gum up the works. Yep. And so we cut loose in a hot spot. I mean, an absolute hot spot. Uh, Rain gets struck for 100, treed for 100, two other dogs right behind her on a scalding track. I can't even blame her for covering because it was so hot. Well, during all this, I mean, this is in... Four or five minutes, and these dogs are 300 yards, bang. During all this, the other dog goes three miles out through a wide open field. And whatever, it was forever away. And so we go score these three. As we're walking our minute, this dog gets treated in there at 1.12 or something like that. He allows us to cut, and nobody asked him for a call, you know, while we were walking our minute. As soon as we walk our minute, strike him and treat him for 200. Off we go. That that was my handler doing a good job right there. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. No, I was 200 on the first coon. Right, but you should have asked for a call to get I didn't hear it. Oh. Uh, if oh, I'd have heard oh. it, I'd have asked. But uh, we cut loose. Good cover up. Yeah, we, we cut loose. We go walk into this dog, you know. Well, as we go walk into this dog, these other two dogs get tree. And rain's still not even struck. I mean, they get, we get turned loose and they're bang, bang. They're both treed, struck and treed. So we go score this dog at a mile. We get back into walking distance within rain. I can hear her now. So I strike and treat her. She's not, she's three or 400 yards past these other two. We go score the second dog to tree. We go score the third dog to tree. They both get recut. Well, this other dog that was two miles is now still two miles. These other two get recut. We're walking to rain. They both got coons too. We're walking to rain second coon. Rain is all across a very deep ditch and we can't, or a very deep creek. We can't get to her. And so we spend another seven or eight minutes trying to find a log to cross. I finally get across this log. Dale Huff Sr. was my judge. I finally get across this log. I get rain scored, and I can hear these other two dogs that we've already recut. They're treed, and this dog that's deep is treed. And these dogs are forever apart. One of them's already treed in. The other two are not. 
So I'm doing my best to get Dale up there and get this tree scored because I know if I don't get rain cut loose, I'm not going to get her. I'm going to be leash locked. I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. Now you keep this in mind. She treated a coon out of the pickup. 10 minutes later, 12 minutes later, she trees another coon about 600 yards from where I cut her. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all this dog's been able to do all night. Yeah. We get to her. We score a coon. I squall. Here he is, Dale. I'm screaming. We're walking our minute, 52 minutes or 52 seconds gone into the minute. Tree, tree, tree. I'm leash locked. Yep. There's In an hour and a half cast. No, this was a two hour cast then, I think. Or no, it wasn't. It was just an hour and a half cast. Yeah. So there's 48 minutes left to go in this cast, and it takes us. And now all these dogs have to do is have a coon out of three of them, and I'm beat. I'm winning the cast right now because I'm struck for 200 out of the truck. Yep. But all these dogs have to do, I guess I'd be tied with one dog. But if one of them has a coon, I'm screwed. Yep. One of them has a coon, I'm screwed. Walk to the first one. It's got a coon. I'm screwed. It's leash locked. We walk. We spend the rest of the cast walking Mm -hmm. the trees. Done. I was I was turned loose for like twenty two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but what I go back to is the person or the dog that has the most coon streak yeah. at the end of a cast should win the cast. So it, with the leash lock being taken away, <clears throat> my perspective is you're taken away from a coon treer. And that's the reason we go to the coon hunts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't and I understand there's places it don't work. I mean, there is. But if it don't work there, you, you don't have a big hunt there. One thing we could do, and the one thing you mentioned, is just leave it up to the club. Absolutely. Leave it up and to the individual And that's a proposal hunt. that I sent to PKC. Leave it up to the individual hunt. Yes. You know, if, if we want to have a 16-dog pro classic at Mercer, Missouri with no leash lock, yep. we should be allowed to do that. Yep. You know, that's, Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. I, don't, I think that's reasonable. Oh, I, I, I mean, the club already decides how long they're hunting, mm-hmm. what their entry fees are, what their added purse are, what their deadlines are for yep. goodness sakes. I mean, to me, you know, putting that into the system would not be hard because there's already, the rules are already set up you, for it. You put it right there on the banner, yep. you know, leash locker on the advertising, leash locker, no leash lock. Absolutely. And that's it. Done deal. Yep. That, that sounds reasonable enough. I thought it was pretty easy. <laughs> One other big announcement. Yes. Okay, we're done with the rules for talk for now, right? Absolutely. Anything else we want to go to? Um, I just don't understand why anybody would want to pay over a thousand dollar entry and be leash locked. I don't. I'm. I, it's just idiotic to me that my dog. You want to walk your dog around on a leash? Well, I want. I love PKC, and I love just like you do. Even mm-hmm. though you and Roger Dale go butt heads every we got now a love, and then. Hate relationship. Yes, you guys are friends. Yep. And I'm friends with everybody at the office as well. And I want them to succeed. I really do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't want anybody with their own business not to right, succeed. Right. And I don't want, you know, I, but, but just the chance of being leash locked changes the way you handle, mm-hmm. changes the calls you make. And with, I know there's rules that do that all the time, too. And people, But it takes the fun out of it for me. I don't have fun if I know I can be right. leash locked. And people took what I put on ProHound out of content. A lot of people were like, well, I heard, I thought you were quitting. You're going to nationals. I thought you were quitting. No. If they read the whole post. And that's why I tried to explain on there. This it's is the a pro deep. classics. In my perspective, yep. it's the higher end entries that there's, I would say 24 to 30 people pay those yep. entries. Um, in my perspective, those are the ones that do not need leash lock. Yeah. 
I and think it, it man should be, be able to cut loose anytime. Yes. And the the thing they're saying judges are walking more and stuff like that. I judged Cass with the no leash lock. I hunted Cass with no leash lock. There really wasn't a big difference. Um, but that's that's just me. I mean, I try to keep myself in shape. Yeah. So I'm I know some of it, but it did we were we really having a hard time finding judges? Because everywhere I went there were plenty of judges and they all done a great job. If you pay them. Yeah. I mean I I never seen that, it. That that's the biggest But thing. I may be not you gotta looking, pay I may not be looking, but I never seen it. Right. And so anyway. I'm done with that because my right. blood pressure's already getting high. <laughs> What what else was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about something else. Oh, uh, I I think we need to give another shout out to Pro Sport. That's what I was just getting ready to talk about. Yes, we are great having, minds think alike. There we go. There we when go. we're on the same page, that's so, so do idiots. They say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Pro Sport. Yes, uh, we got a hold of Greg and Levi and everybody over at Pro Sport and Angle, and we said, hey. Uh, Let's have a 64 dog. Because they they've been mostly east, out east. S- east they had and the one, south. They had the one in Oklahoma. Yep. Which, congratulations to Joe Manning for winning that one and, and Laura Lee and all the other finalists and stuff. But uh, they don't have a leash lock. Nope. You walk, every handler walks to every single tree. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a lot of walking, which is fine. You know, no big deal. You know, you're at a coon hunt, come to coon hunt, plan on walking. But, uh, yeah, we're having a 64 dog truck hunt. Truck hunt. Mercer, Missouri. April 29th, I think is when it is. Yep, it? April 29th, April 30th. Yep. So um, keep an eye out for that banner because uh, the entries, I, I, I talked to Greg, he told me when the entry's going to go on sale, but I can't remember. That's good. I yeah. mean, that'd be a good thing to announce on the podcast yeah. when the entries go on sale. Yeah, I think it's it'd surely be the second week of April. Yeah, it should be coming up pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. And so anyway, that's going to be fun. Yeah. We got a lot of coons. It's a great time of year to hunt. Absolutely. That's, you know, our leaves aren't on yet. Yeah. It's uh, they'll be real close if the weather stays like it is yeah, today. Yeah, they'll be real if it close to being stays on. seventy-five degrees. It will, yeah. but um, uh, usually it's dynamite hunting yeah. that time of year. That's when we usually have our pro classic and stuff. Yeah. And talking back to the leash lock, yes, we're still going. We just I was just at Bear Creek last night. No, I didn't handle. Jace did, yeah. but we're still going to support PKC. Yeah, I just am not going to be paying the big club, entries. The club to do members. It decided that we weren't going to have PKC hunts with the leash lock. Because that is correct. nobody wants to walk around with their dog on a leash. Yeah. Now, if it got to be changed to where we could choose, you know, mm-hmm. we would we would schedule more hunts and stuff. But we still want, like I said, we still want PKC to do well. Absolutely. We still want, but it, nobody's going to come to our hunts if there's a leash lock. No, because we got basically the same. It's going to be the same six five or six guys. To, yeah. And, you know, they don't like it. And so they're yeah. not, there's, there's no sense even having it. But as far as wishing PKC well, of course we do. Yeah. You're getting ready for nationals. You're going to be at mm-hmm. the World Hunt. You're going to be at, you know, Super Stakes. No, I won't be at any oh, you Super, be at Super I, Well, I don't got nothing young, Josh. We got son. Oh, yeah, we do got son. Yeah, but I don't, but I, I don't think he's going to be ready. But if you look at my kennels. Yeah, it looks like a senior citizen's. Yeah. It looks like an old folks home over there. <laughs> Everything's starting to get a little gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're still going to support PKC. Absolutely. Wish and them I, the best. I, I just, I'm not going to blow a bunch of money on Pro Classics yeah. when, I'm a, when the dogs could be sitting on a leash. It just, yeah. that's not my style. When, I was, when they did it, I got on and I praised them and praised yeah. them and praised them. When they went back, I was irritated. I know, I know we wasn't going to go back to this because of your blood pressure, but the thing that aggravated me was we gave it three freaking months. Yeah, we didn't give it long enough. It takes... A long time to get dogs tailored to a set of rules. Yes. A generation. Yes. Or it takes 
you look at Hazel. That's we one of the reasons we dog. went and bought Hazel. Yeah. It's because she was the type of dog that would succeed with no leash lock. Yes. And actually... Those Jace was leash locked twice last yes, night. Yes, he was. And he, that was the first thing he said when he got in the truck. Yes. He got freaking... You could tell he's been around us too long. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got, got freaking leash locked twice. <laughs> you know, but... But we went and we we paid pretty good money for Hazel, mm-hmm. you know, for an older female and stuff because she was a style of dog that we thought we yep. could win with no leash lock. Absolutely. And a leash lock's not going to be beneficial towards her. No. Zero. And the dogs that that are more pleasurable to hunt, like Hazel, are the ones that would be more successful without a leash lock, I think. Now, and, those dogs that fly through the country and tree coons quick are still going to win. Right, but I think it would change the style of dog. Right, for the better. Was ta- yes. For the better. Style of dog everybody was taking to the hunts. Yeah. And I believe it would have tightened our dogs up on their yeah. mouths. Yeah. Um, because you're looking for something to go in there and tree a coon as it comes to it. Yeah. Not, not let's get in there a mile, let's tree a coon and then get recut. And one thing that we're guilty of... And me and me and you are the same way. Is we tend to forget about the guys that are only hunting a couple local clubs right. there by their house for Correct. thirty dollars um, six or seven times a year. Yep. And those guys are just as important as me and you. Yep. Those guys they are actually more important. They actually. are because that's the backbone of exactly. PKC. And so those guys in a thirty dollar hunt in an hour, if I've got something that rattles its full head off from the time I cut it until the time it gets treed and floats in through there a mile and trees a coon. And makes everybody miserable. You can't beat them, right? You know they're hard to beat in an hour. Oh. Now you can, but they got to be. You got to have a really special dog to beat that kind. Yep. And those are the kind of dogs that are dominating the hour hunts. Yep. And you're still going to run into that in places where these guys are just not going to have much fun. Yeah. You know they want to be able to cut their dog loose. Right. <laughs> and I mean that's that's one reason we talked about it, and we're going to have that pro sport hunt. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll yeah, be we'll interesting. Make it, we'll make it fun. And, yeah. You know, we're, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, we'll just see how it goes. And Absolutely. hopefully that's something that we can continue long-term and yep. everything goes great. But once again, to reiterate, I hope PKC does. I hope they have 2,000 dogs every night at the World Hunt. If they do, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope so. Yep. You know, I, I hope too. I hope the best for them. And we're still going to support them, and we're still going to do things, especially the youth side. Yes. I mean, the youth, we're not getting away from the youth. There's no way we can do that. Um, We've invested too much in it already. Um, And to be honest with you, we need them. One more thing. We got back to the youth and what we can do to help that side of the sport. Now, you've been kind of a beacon of that as far as what you do for them. And – we all can't, it ain't like we can all just pour a bunch of money into the youth fund. No. No, we can't. We, if, if I had, if I'd won the lottery, I'd give it half of it to the youth fund and, and, and just help the continuance of the sport. But we're, not everybody has that ability, and we understand. So there are things that we can do to help PKC uh, on the youth side. We can go judge. Prime example last night. Yes. Just what Ben Bolden did. It didn't, it, That's stepping up to the yes. plate. My opinion, it's the little things like that. Yep. That makes the youth exactly the youth, and we forget as we get to the level that that me and you and others are at, and we sometimes we forget how important a thirty dollar cast is to a small child. Oh, absolutely. We don't. I mean, it's that that's their world hunt. Yes, a lot of times. Jace was a nervous wreck last okay. night at the Bear Creek. When I asked him about it, he said, "I said, when did you get nervous?" He said, "When I found out I was winning." <laughs> 
Yeah, he didn't know until there's about 10 minutes left that no, she said, took that last kick. And he said that he was nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we don't, you know, a $100 entry at, a, at an open event's nothing to us. Yeah. You know, it ain't that big a deal. If we win, we win. If we lose, we're there to work on the dog, whatever. Yeah. But it's so important to them kids. Yeah. And as a father and as a uh, father to a youth handler and one that's going to be, I have no doubt, Creedence loves Coonut yep. too. She's going to do the same way. I can't thank those guys enough. Yeah. And so there are things that we can all do. Yeah. Uh, youth Nationals is coming up. Come down and volunteer. Judge. You know, just uh, if you have a business that you could just give a trinket to a kid that's that's very cost effective or something yeah. like that. I mean, and it, it doesn't have to be huge. It could be a leash. Yeah, it could be It anything. could be a collar. Yes. I mean, anything that you can give a kid and they can be like. And, I won this. I won this. Yeah. Or coming from some of these guys. Yeah. It would be huge to them. Oh, they, yeah. They, they do just, look up to people. Yeah, they look up to people. we got to remember that we're role models to them, especially yep. in the position that we're at where yep. we're on this podcast or they see us on, on YouTube or they see yep. us something like that. You know, we're a role model to them. They see Trader in the book. Yeah. And, you know, you get guys that are older gentlemen now that are 21, 22 years old with their own kids. And they say, man, I remember when I was a kid and I seen that video of Trader or something. Yep. I just in awe and I love that dog. And it's very humbling to us, but we don't understand – you know, that every, everybody can do something. Yep. You know, just like Ben stepping up last night mm-hmm. and helping them. And kids that meant, to, it, I mean, you could show, see how much Jace appreciated it. Just, I'm sure there's others that appreciate just it. Just the too. relief on Jace's face when he realized he didn't have to hunt against grown ups right. that were trying to win money. Yep. And that's how me and you were brought up, and it was intimidating for us. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're young, it's intimidating. You know, it really well, is. Yeah, and then you got then you tried to be the intimidator half, yeah, after about right. yeah. after about twenty you, casts. You loses. did, yeah. 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 I was like, "Well, they're gonna yell at me. I'm gonna yell back at them." Yeah. You know? And so, what people can do to help is, uh, and yes, the people that are able donate to the youth fund. Yep. Write them a check. Yep. Because Chris and the and PKC and the gang they do a fantastic. And job they got with two that. separate accounts now. Yes, it's not. So going, you know, it's going straight to the youth. Yes. You know, it's not going into some slush fund yep. where, you know, they're using it for something else. Yep. You know, it's going just for youth events. Yep. And so if you can do that, do it. And I don't think there's there's some people in our sport that have that ability that don't do that. And I think they yep. should. And there's people that don't have that ability that can that do way more. Yep. You know, there's people that are, you know, they're strapped for cash and they're there yep. at every hunt and they're helping yep. the best they can. Absolutely. And that man, that's that's amazing. And so, but there's something everybody can do. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's nothing that's too small and there's nothing that's too big. Yep. That's right. And we always need judges. We always need guides. And donating your time just judging. Yep. That's a lot. It is a lot. So, I mean, people don't realize how much that, how far that goes yep. with these kids. But without the judges, we can't have the hunts. Exactly. So, you know, and volunteering your time is huge too. You look at the Trader Inc. stuff, the youth hunts we did, and we had amazing volunteers. Absolutely. Everybody came together mm-hmm. and helped us put that together. And, you know, that's why that had that the success that they had. Oh, yeah. It's and, a team effort. Yes. I mean, there's nobody that, like, I've always said that Trader Inc. Youth Hunt, I might be the sponsor of it, but there is so no. many people behind the scenes that do so much for it. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And every time I hear from someone, we just don't have the hunters. It's a dying sport. No, we got to do it. It's done. And. It ain't what it used to be. Well, what are you doing to help? Yeah, exactly. How many hunters you brought in this year? Yeah. You know, where was you at at the PKC World Hunt? Yeah. You know, help. Yeah. 
Come it help. Ain't that hard to do. You you want to fix it? Help us fix yeah. it. You know that's all we're asking for. And so anyway, that's that's my rant for the day. You can do yeah. something about it. Yeah. You know, don't whine about it. Do something about Step it. Step up to the plate. That's right. So anyway, we've been at it quite a while. Jed, you got anything else you want to add? There was something nope. else I wanted to touch on. I can't remember what it was now. I don't know. Must not have been that important or I'd have no. remembered it. But nope. yeah, I think we've covered we always circle around to about an episode for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, and we then, just, then we just gripe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean basically I hope PKC does well. Yeah, I do too. I hope they do something about the leash lock. Yep. I know there's proposals in the mix now. Yep. Um, and like we said, we want them to do well. Yeah. Um, we're going to give Pro Sport a shout out here in Missouri, yep. uh, see what they can do. Um, we want them all. We want UKC, PKC, absolutely. Pro Sport. I think ACHA still has hunts. We want everybody, everybody. to succeed. Yes. We I mean, wanna, we we're not grow the bitter. Sport. Yeah. No, no, we're not bitter. We do want to win, though, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know who pays entries that doesn't yep. want to win. So this has been a Circle ep- Points episode, but what we're also going to do is, because we've done the training episodes. Right. We've done with Shorty Gorham about big game hounds versus yep. competition coon hounds. Uh, we've done the one with Chris. What? Turn this off real quick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on a second. Jed's got to pee. Yes, I got to piss. Well, go ahead and go pee. Oh, you talk. All right. You don't have to give me Navy SEAL signals or anything like that. I don't even know what you're talking about. How about I just close this out for us, Jed? All right. Thumbs up. Anyway, while Jed goes and relieves himself, uh, we'll we'll just go ahead and wrap this up. But anyway, what I did want to say was we're going to have some more training talk. We've got a lot of good feedback about that. Um, you know, we're not we're not the end-all, be-all with hounds. You know, we're not we're not know-it-alls and we don't want to come out that way, but we've had some success and we just want to share with uh, the listeners how we've had that success and and what we've done. And, you know, there's, there's so many facets and different parts of this sport that we want to highlight them all. And so what I would like to do, and I've got some guys in mind is there are guys that are, that are way more consistent and better at training top notch, big time winning competition pups from birth than I am. And there's not many, you know, there's not many of those guys that can do that. And we want to get those guys on. Uh, I got one particular in mind. And so we're going to try to do an episode with him. And then we also want to talk about these guys because you get a lot of grief. You know, well, he didn't start that dog. He just bought it. He didn't start. It's hard to keep a dog right long term to win uh, at these bigger events. It's very hard. And some of these guys are really good at it. And so we want to get one of those guys on too. I've also got a guy in mind like that. So that's what that's what we got coming up on the truth. Uh, we're going to get some more good houndsmen in. We're going to get some more good interviews. Uh, we're going to do our Circle Points episodes. We're going to do our Training Talk episodes. And uh, we're going to enjoy ourselves. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this portion of the truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. And uh, we really appreciate it. We're going to try to keep this content coming. And uh, hope you all keep listening. Thanks. Thanks, Josh and Jed. And that wraps up another edition of The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. Hey, don't forget to check out Dogs Are Treed. Dogs Are Treed is offering you the highest quality gear in the industry. I've talked about it over and over. I'm going to keep talking about it because I believe in what they're doing. Their tieouts, their leashes, all that stuff is engineered, manufactured. Uh, manufacturing is a loose term because 
Kevin Hall makes each one of these individually to your order. You can get color-coordinated tie-outs, but once you have one of these tie-outs in your hand and you see the quality with the shrink wrap and the uh, thimbles and different things in the, the loop ends, you're going to know that you're holding a piece of high-quality gear in your hands. Check it, all that out, plus paws are protected, their leashes, dogs are hydrated, all that at dogsartreed.com. Enter the promo code HXP20% off at checkout. Get your entire order for 20% off. We also drop our new hats over there, or Houndsman XP hats at Dogs Are Treat. Also, check out Rough Cut Company. Rough Cut Company is taking your photos, digital images, they upload them, and then they digitally print, burn that. I've got a Yog Terrier going nuts in the back. They digitally laser engrave those into native hardwood. They're beautiful. You're going to love it. Make sure you're checking that out and capture those moments in your life that you want keepsakes forever. Nice pieces. You'll be proud to display that in your home. Check out Rough Cut Company at roughcutcompany.com. And at checkout, enter the promo code HXP10% off. And yep, you get a discount. Check them out. <laughs> 